What's up, party people? It's Mark here. I'm flying solo. Unfortunately, Alana couldn't make it today, but I wanted to just tell you about our podcast this week. It was a special edition with Lila Bialy. Um, we went to her show at Subculture in New York City, and it was a blast. She literally went after performing. She walked right off stage to her green room where she chatted with us for a little while. She was super fun to talk to, very open. And um, I want to give a special thank you to Amy and everybody at Two Sheps that pass for hooking us up with the interview. Um, they were very accommodating, and we love those guys over there. So check out our interview with Lila Bialy. What's up with everybody? It's Mark and Alana from the Play Too Much podcast. We are at Subculture and we are joined by our very special guest, Lila Biani. Biali, I'm sorry. Like the bagel. I'm, like We're the bagel. York. And I'm so excited to talk to you that I can't even say your name. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. We are um, celebrating the release of your new album, House of Many Rooms. Yes. It's a lot different from the previous stuff you've released. How did you decide that you wanted to do something different than your normal sort of jazz setup? Well, it wasn't a conscious choice. Um, I had been touring with uh, a number of gifted and well-known singer-songwriters, first Paula Cole and then Suzanne Vega and later on Sting. And I think you, you, musicians are spongy, right? right. So mm-hmm. I was just absorbing the sounds that we were playing night after night after night. And while those musicians are jazz-influenced, at least certainly Paula Cole and Sting are, they are definitely more like mainstream singer-songwriter um, musicians. And so uh, I started to dabble in songwriting myself and didn't find the courage to release an album like this until my husband, Ben Whitman, who co-produced the record, came along and said, you need to do this. And I said, well, wait, what are my jazz fans going to think? And he said, it doesn't matter. You know, they'll, they'll come along with you and you'll reach some new people. Right. And just do it. As the Nike ad says. I yeah. think it's so nice when you're trying to start something new to have someone like behind your back being like, yes. no, 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 you can do this. This is a thing yes. that you're good at. And like, don't be scared. It'll be fine. Absolutely. Sort of and thing. I really meant what I said during the show, which is that this album would not have happened um, if he hadn't sort of pushed me out of the nest. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Were you playing with him before you were together, or did that come later? Oh, that's a good question. No <laughs> I was thinking about that, that actually when, when you were talking about it. I was like, oh, that's interesting. What do you think? Think of where chemistry might really come from. Well, I know some people who can't stand the people in their band, so I wasn't <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we met playing in Paula Cole's band in 2007. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, and then a little little romance started to blossom. Yeah, That's think, awesome. So the plane came first. I think it can go either way, where, like, you have chemistry, like, playing with somebody on stage, and yes. then you realize it's because, like, the connection is deeper than, like, just the work sort of yes. thing. Yes. So yes. it's kind of beautiful. It is beautiful, <laughs> and a less beautiful and sort of more uh, what scientific way of looking at things <laughs> is that I guess when we're playing music, it engages the primal part of our brain mm-hmm. on some level, in addition to the intellectual part, right. and we know what else happens in the primal part of the brain, yes. so it makes sense that there would have been a connection in other ways. <laughs> Science check. Without saying too much, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is there any sort of like uh, difference in preparation when you're going into the studio, like when you're doing the jazz stuff, and as opposed to like the new indie, more indie thing? Yeah, yeah. Actually, that, these are great questions. Um, so <laughs> the process of making House of Many Rooms was very different from recording a jazz record. So 
for my jazz albums, and not, I mean, not every jazz musician does this. If you ask Diana Krall what her process was in the studio or what it is, it, I'm sure it's more similar to my pop record because there's so many layers and there's a big budget. But um, for my jazz stuff, we would go in and we would play the songs almost as if we were playing them live. Right. Play them straight through, a couple of takes. You record for a day, maybe, and you're done. You know, and you might have some overdubs, but fairly limited. Whereas this album was made uh, essentially in the cracks and crevices of life on the road and parenting over the course of two years. And it was like layer after layer after layer. So we started with the foundation of the band, um, like the, you know, the guitar, the piano, the what we call bed tracks right. or basics. And then when we could find time and budget, we would throw on some horns. And then when we could find time and budget, we would bring in a string orchestra. So you just kept adding yeah. things and to it. And then we would bring in a gospel <laughs> choir. And that's, that's very yeah. interesting to think about how like there is a bigger sort of I mean, I don't I don't play my own music or anything. I just listen to a lot of it. Yeah. Um, but it's funny how like a live orchestra could be all like could be done in all in one day as opposed to something like indie where it's like it's a longer process but you yes. do it little by little yes it's sort of it's weird. yeah piece by piece and, and it's really interesting to see how things ultimately come together um you know when my husband and I were mixing the album and um and also it's like I guess right before we went into the mixing um process we were having to pare things away because right. it was just sort of this wall of sound most of the time and so we realized okay here's a moment where economy will benefit the album and we'll give it some shape so that was that was actually a really important lesson for me it was the skill of like taking things away and editing sure less is more right? of course the old adage so. I actually have another question yeah <laughs> um the so I mean all your songs are very very personal but I also found that like the breakup songs even though they're a little bit darker in tone like they still sound a little bit upbeat. <laughs> is that a conscious thing? Or have no, I think it's just me. I'm like the, you know, I'm a sickly, like a Pollyanna. I mean, no, I'm, no, I'm no. always... No, it's true. I think I think for some New Yorkers, it's a little too much. Um, but I... Yeah, I'm a glass half full. I think that's great. I was like person. settling in. I was like, all right, we're getting darker now. Well, and it's funny because <laughs> I, I tell these stories like, oh, yeah, and this features the musical song, and then it's like... Well, you know, pretty happy sounding. I like, I love to cry. Like, that's one of my favorite things to do. So, that's weird. Welcome to being a woman. Do you want to lay on the couch? Have a therapy session? I'm rewatching like all of Grey's Anatomy now. My friend is like, why are you doing that? Oh, that's awesome. I like to cry. Oh, that's great. But so, I mean, I think I'm sick in that sort of way. So, I understand it. I mean, Save me tears. So one of the things I have to ask, you, the song you covered by Feist, the song you yes. arranged, how did you learn to play the xylophone? I don't know if I've ever seen anyone play a live xylophone Didn't we before. we all play the xylophone? That was like probably, it wasn't my first instrument because I started piano when I was four. But when you go, at least in Canada, when you, know, you go to elementary school and you take your music right. class for the week <laughs> or whatever it is, they had all of us little kids on those, on glockenspiels. That's what that is, a glockenspiel. Oh, okay. It's and not as my mom, it's a nod to my German heritage. My mom is German. So, and I, I stole the, the glockenspiel from my husband. And essentially, if you can if you can play piano and hold a mallet, <laughs> you can play you the play glockenspiel. That... So something you've, you've kept up with then? 
Yeah, it's just <laughs> I, I I've made a game out of adding idiosyncratic instruments to my shows right. mm -hmm. and glockenspiel is one of those instruments i've also done the log drum and the ukulele for a minute oh, i have wow. a harp collecting dust in our basement that's definitely going to make a debut at some point so yeah so it's just something i love to do so when you mentioned canada do you notice a difference in like the canadian scene music scene and versus the american scene you know so many great acts have come out of Canada and have been coming out of Canada for decades, right. like starting with, well, I'm sure preceding Joni Mitchell, but I think of her and Leonard Cohen, um, you know, and we have like the Celine Dion's and then the more indie music like Arcade Fire and Feist, uh, Tegan and Sarah. Um, I mean, I guess they've become like our international exports in a way, but we, we, I feel like those artists in many ways have defined what is true of Canadian sure. music. Um, so I do feel like there's a creative aspect that's special. I don't think, I don't, I think people are not as concerned about being pop, like really pop in the sort of the nice industry <laughs> sense of the right. word. I think they're, they're not afraid to play and, and experiment with bigger forms and unusual configurations of instruments. And I do think it's, it's uh, partly why their music has caught is, I mean, I guess th their stuff is still very catchy and relatable, but there is an element of something unique that sets them apart from, you know, right. the cattle call of aspiring pop sure. rock right. stars that are out there. Absolutely. So I think there's also I also said this on like one of our other podcasts, but there's so much like genre bending now that I don't right. think there's any like clear pop anymore. Well, and thank God for me, right? That's, <laughs> that's actually been one of my struggles. Is yeah. like, well, what are you? And no, you can't do that. You have to be this. And people wanting to box musicians for the sake of being able to neatly market them. Right. right. So I think it's really exciting that more folks are forcing those quote borderlines or boundaries or walls, unquote, to be um, permeable and and fluid. Right. I think the internet age helps, like, yeah. is one of the biggest causes. Absolutely. Because um, I, I've found that it's the gatekeepers who, you know, like, a lot of the time radio DJs mm -hmm. and label guys and who for many years would say, no, that's not, we love it, but... It's just a few people that right. get to decide yeah. what everybody's listening to. But there's right. a power shift now. Yeah. Exactly, the, de the democratization yeah. of the music uh, industry, which is that everybody can post <laughs> on YouTube. I mean, it's a good thing, and of it has course. its challenges right. as well, but I agree yeah. with you that by and large, it's enabled, um, it's kind of expanded people's minds. And, right. and, um, and I think we're showing the music industry or biz that the public is more open than, I think, they have said it is for many years. I think people recognize real music when they hear it. Yeah, they yeah. do. So, I, have, I mean, you can go. So I was just going to say, so one of the, we'll, we'll let you get going. But one of the things Alana whispered to me that she thought was awesome during your show that I agreed was that you really spotlight each musician in the band, in the songs, which yeah. seems to be unique as opposed to just kind of an overwhelming sense of music. Like the me show. Right. The like, me show, it was, We yeah. thought it was really cool that you really spotlight each individual musician. Was that something you... you set out to do originally or did it just kind of happen organically i think it's i think it is organic well both um it's something i set out to do in that i very intentionally pick like the best musicians right. that i can find and that i know and i'm very lucky that here in new york city well actually in, in canada too 
you know, there's this incredible pool of musicians to to draw from and work with. And so that part is very intentional. But then when you're with these superstars, right. you know, it's a lot easier. They, you can't help but allow them to shine. I mean, they, they will shine. It's what they do. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, each of them is very, very humble and serves the music. Um, so they're not like, la, 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 like, <laughs> look at me, you know. Um, so I don't feel any competitive energy, but... They, they they can't help but radiate brilliance right. because they're all they're all brilliant. They're all brilliant. It's like if you had like the sun on stage, you couldn't be like, oh, don't mind that. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, just look here. And it serves it serves the show to allow them to shine because then yeah. people people are, are blown away. Makes everything better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The entire experience. Like it was just it was mind blowing. Yeah, there it was this was kind of a super group if I might say so myself, yeah. which is about those players. So I mean they complimented you very well them. and you also like highlighted so, them well. So it sort of thanks. it was a great like balancing act sort of thing of talent. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> well, we will let you get going. You have thank a barrage you. of fans standing outside waiting to meet yes. you. But thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having thank me. It was you. a pleasure. All right, thanks. So that was our interview with Lila Bialy. Um, hope you liked it. She was super fun to talk to. And very chill and really friendly. Some musicians are kind of sad and depressing when you talk to them, even though they seem like they're very energetic. But she was legitimately fun to talk to. Um, we're going to close out the show with a song from Lila, because what kind of podcast we'd be if we didn't play some music. So here's Lila Bialy with Little Bird. Feel the branches sway and